Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. And, and you're, you're about, about to, to get, get jumped. jumped. Welcome to the fifth episode of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a weekly podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to. But you should still watch the anime. This week on Get Jumped, we're watching Naruto, specifically the first battle with Zabuza and the first sighting of the Sharingan. Yeah, a Sharingan is uh, this really nice kind of gun that you can get on for QPC. Um, they sell it really late at night on like the same channel where they sell knives and stuff. It's a, it's a gun that you share so that everybody can get shot. So, uh, yeah, so you clearly don't know what a sharing gun is. Whatever, let's just jump in. All right. All right. <laughs> Welcome to episode six, five. Which We're episode on episode is this? five. We're definitely on episode five. five. Yeah. Oh man, it, it feels like we've done so many episodes. I can't even keep them straight. Yeah. Um, so I guess uh, we're on episode five, but we're starting with Naruto episode six. So yeah, kind that, of both. that's the confusion. That's definitely yeah. what the confusion is. Um, it, it, that's so, what's happening. Yeah, so this episode um, is called A Dangerous Mission, Journey to the Land of Waves, um, and this is the Which, the first... Can we can we start and say, like, I love Japanese anime episode titles, because they almost yeah. always have, like, punctuation and, like, two separate thoughts, and it's great. Yeah, and as you've listened to in our uh, last episode, um, you got to heard, hear about our like favorite type of punctuation, which is punctuation that isn't punctuation. It's just like random letters in between things. Yeah, and tiny I, X's. I believe, yeah, little little tiny X's. But I mean, like, uh, even when they're doing just like regular punctuation, if they're doing it well, I mean, I, I guess more power to them, you know? Yeah, I mean, I'm having a good time, so something's working. <laughs> Okay, um, so. so, anyways, we we open up on a, a Sasuke, Sakura, also, Naruto. I'm sorry, hold on, we're, we're going to open up in a second, but I love this meta stuff when we talk about, like, the world outside of the podcast, and I just <laughs> gotta say, for, like, all of the listeners out there, so, Spencer, you have just moved to Portland, so I live in Chicago, Spencer lived in Chicago until just last week. Yeah, and he actually moved the day after we recorded episode four about Hunter X Hunter. Yeah, and so this is the first episode where I can't see Spencer while we're recording. We're just talking on the phone and each recording ourselves talking alone in our rooms. Number one, that <laughs> makes us sound like crazy people. But also, number two, I did not anticipate how difficult this would be without being able to see your body language and like know <laughs> when you're about to speak or when I'm about to speak. So. You know, that's if it's this is if this one seems a little bumpier than the last couple, I, I'm gonna blame that. Yeah. Well, it's it's just because uh obviously uh we we really just need to see our hand gestures that we're doing. That's basically yeah, like hand, very important <laughs> in this universe. Which we would yeah, we're we would this is the first episode, not episode six, but uh later on in the episodes we're covering today, that's the first time we're really gonna see hand signs, isn't it? I, I don't know. He used hand signs in the last episode. Uh, did he? To, yeah, Kakashi did uh, the like genjutsu sign, and he did like the the like oh, the pull yeah. down sign, and then wow. uh, Sasuke Spitfire. I should spit probably fire. listen to a podcast to get caught back up on those episodes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I wish I mean, there was one like that. Yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> but but anyways, let's let's go ahead and jump in, man. So uh, yeah, that's a good move. Yeah, okay. So, we're looking now at Sasuke, Sakura, Naruto, and Kakashi, and they're talking via microphone, doing something in the woods. Yeah, they're hunting something, and they're coordinating with microphones, which, this is a great moment to point back out about the weird technological disconnect of Naruto. Like, Oh, yeah! The, the creator of Naruto has explicitly said that Naruto is set in a in our time like it is modern mm -hmm. except that it's w what would happen if our world like way back in the past diverged because of fantasy elements so like basically the ninja 
you know, have access to their, you know, chakras, which allows them to do these crazy magical things that people can't actually do in real life. And, you know, because of that, their society took a dramatically different turn than ours did. So, Mm -hmm. like, sometimes they have technology. Like, there's, I think there's television in this world. There's definitely, like, radios. They are communicating by, like, earpieces that are connected through radio waves. I don't even know if it's through radio waves. It kind of looks like they're Bluetooth headsets. Yeah, it's just, there are random moments of technology. And, like, usually, it's so sparing that you forget about it. Because, like... In Naruto, most of the time, it's some sort of, like, amorphous period that's largely Japanese-influenced, and it kind of just looks like a, a time before modern technology, and then, randomly, modern technology shows up, and this is one yeah. of those times. You know what? I'm going to deviate a little bit from, like, the where we are in the story and talk about a We're little gonna bit... We're going to deviate it... on our show, that's usually <laughs> so focused... Yeah, it's so focused. Uh, we're going to go, like, uh, pretty far ahead of, like, this current mission right now. And I just want to talk oh, wow. about... I, I want to talk about uh, the inside of the world, there are these puppet users, which are, like, very specific kinds of ninja that use, like... This is way into the future. Well, it's talking about, like, the, the technology inside of this world. And my no, confusion... No, no, I support it. I'm just saying. <laughs> my confusion all of a sudden to think about, like... They're using these puppets, but if they have this technology, why don't they just use, like, robots? Mm. I don't understand. Or, like, guns. (laughs) Well, some people have guns, maybe. Well, they don't really have guns, but they have things that, like, pretty much amount to them. Like, I think there are people that have, like, um, things that fire, like, kunai and shuriken and stuff. I can't think of any off the top of my head, so, I I don't know. If you remember any, please tweet at us and uh, remind us where those can be found, if you are already Mm -hmm. a Naruto fan. Um, Let us know. Yeah, anyway. So, Uh, anyway, they're (laughs) standing around in the woods talking to each other on headsets and chasing something. And the something kind of looks a little bit ominous at first. Yeah, it's like this little black shadow that's running through the forest, and then they all like converge at the same time after they check in. They're like, they're like red team checking in, blue team checking in. We're we're gonna get (laughs) big red checking in. (laughs) (laughs) That's like one of my favorite Family Guy jokes when they just make fun of that, and they're just like Porkins. (laughs) What is it? Simply red checking in. Okay, anyways, so they all check in on their X-Wings, and uh, they fly their X-Wings into the shadow figure that's on the ground, and you find yeah. out that it's uh, a cat. It's um, a cat, and it, it promptly scratches Naruto while the rest of them stand around talking about completing the mission. Yeah, which so is just like we, another japanese sort of thing that they do. Right, so we've, they, we cut back to the Hokage's office, which you go to a lot in the early times of this show, And I don't know if this is his main office, but this is definitely the office wherein they sort of do the business of missions. And so this is pretty cool. This is one of the more interesting things I think about the Naruto universe. So we addressed this a little bit in episode two, which was the first Naruto episode, Ninja Mount Rushmore. And in that episode, we talk a little bit about how Naruto comes from this village. It's called Konohagakure. It means the village hidden in the leaves or it's known as the village hidden in the leaves which is a part of the land of fire and in the last uh, in some of the episodes we covered in our last podcast episode um, we discussed a little bit about the world and essentially there's five major lands land of fire land of waves etc and each of them has their own great ninja village and mm-hmm. the so Konohagakure is the great ninja village of the land of fire and in these ninja villages each one has a kage the hokage for konoha and um they kind of oversee the different ninja of the village and those ninja it, undertake various missions and in fact there is a quote in this episode about the missions, and they are talking about the missions, and they're like, they range from babysitting to assassination, which I thought was a hilarious gamut of things you can do. It's <laughs> like, that's really, like, you know, murder and jaywalking. Like, these are super different. 
Well, I mean, but, if you uh, if if you really break it down, you really don't see police inside of this world either. So, I mean, yeah. the, the ninja are kind of the police. So, I mean, there's like a right. range of misdemeanor to felony. It's sort same yeah, sort of thing. So it's basically like an entire city and economy built around mercenaryism, which I don't know if yeah. that's exactly a word, but you know what I mean. Like they are basically super high trained, organized, official mercenaries, and they're part yeah. of this this land, you know, essentially a country, and there are a couple of other countries with their own groups of professional missionaries, and they do stuff. Yeah, and then you also find out about the uh, the, the system that uh, they put these rankings on. So it, it starts all the way down with, uh, it's like the A-ranked missions, right? No, or... I think it goes, I think A is almost at the top, so it starts with D-rank mission, which is the lowest yeah, Which and then is it goes like all the way up to S. Nothing. Yeah, and then S. And this is so common in games that come from Japan um, and other Japanese properties. Like, when you're ranking things and those ranks have, like, uh, an alpha alphabetical um, marker on them, so many times there are five levels and they go from, they go D for the lowest, C, B, A, and then S. And I don't get it because I don't think there are a lot of American properties that do that. And I don't really understand why S is the best one. I think S stands for, like, super. Maybe. It just, it's weird. I don't get it. I guess I should have done research for this beforehand (laughs) because I wanted to talk about it. But it, it strikes me as strange. This is another good excuse to tweet at us. You know, show us your work. Tell us why S is the top <laughs> dog in Japanese society. And show us others. your work. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's those are the levels. So basically, like Naruto, Sasuke, and Sakura, they just graduated the academy in our last episode, and they are doing D rank missions, maybe C rank missions. And basically, Naruto is upset that they're doing these really boring D-rank missions, like finding a cat for this um, rich lady. And he wants to do something more intense. They explain that, like, these, you know, the higher-level missions are dangerous. They don't send anybody on those missions unless they're a higher-rank ninja. But they manage to get themselves a C-rank mission. Um, well, before they get the C-ranked mission, though, like, one of the things that uh, Naruto does is he basically, like, throws a fit because they're going to assign them to, like, another mission that's another D-rank. Like, he oh, says yeah, it out right. loud. Yeah, he was like, he's like, I'm going to give you another one that's, you know, another kind of, like, babysitting mission. And, like, Naruto's throwing such a fit. Um, and then, you know, Kakashi's just kind of like, shut up, Naruto. And then um, the Hokage showing that he has, like, a little bit of a soft spot that you don't know really where it's coming from yet. But he, like, he sort of gives in to Naruto. And he's like, I... He shows him a little bit, like, a glean of knowledge behind him. Yeah. Where he's like, he's like I got I'm going to go bro. ahead. Yeah, he's like, I, I'll get y'all a mission. It won't be, you know, a rank A or a rank S or a rank B even. He'll right, give them a rank he'll C. die. Yeah. But, yeah, so, so he, give, he gives them a C-rank mission, and <laughs> the mission is to escort this guy named Tazuna. And Tazuna is a super drunk guy who immediately insults Naruto. And basically, yeah. he's like, you're a loud mouth, and I'm not interested. And he's just not down, and they have friction. Yeah. Um, drunk, too. So... Yeah, so they they all they're ready for the mission. They meet outside of the town. Um, Tazna, Sasuke, Sakura, uh, Naruto, and their teacher Kakashi. That's the group of five that's going. And the mission is Tazna is um, some dude. We don't know who he is yet, but we will find out very very soon. He mm-hmm. is going back home to the land of waves, and that's. Um, if I'm not mistaken, that's one of the other countries. And I, I don't think it's super yeah. far away from where Konoha is. So it's not going to be like a crazy long trip. Um, but basically, mm-hmm. they're taking him to another country. He's got to get home. And they're going to escort him. Um, it's a yeah. C-rank mission, so it shouldn't be any big deal. He's just hired an escort for funds, I guess. Like, he just but was like, it would be great to do, do this with an escort. <laughs> Little do they know, hidden in the shadows, there are two ninja that are watching them, and you catch a, a little bit of, like, a glimpse of, uh, like, what's on their headbands, 
and you realize that they're like these two ninja. You don't really know where from yet, um, yeah. but they're and coming from somewhere. I don't know if we talked about this yet. We talked uh, in pretty great detail about the, the headbands last episode. As a reminder, mm-hmm. the ninja... It's just a convention in this world that if you're a ninja, you're given a headband. And mm-hmm. while many ninja decide to wear them elsewhere and not on their heads, um, you will see them somewhere on their person. Um, and that's kind of a cool design element. Even though it is a headband, it's nice to see like little bits of personality like where these characters wear their headbands. But the other thing that I'm not sure that we've mentioned yet is that each village, so the the ninja village that you come from, which is not necessarily correspondent to your the land that you come from, um, there can be multiple ninja villages that are like smaller. There's usually one great ninja village, but there can be other ones. Um, yeah, each village has their own symbol that shows which village you're from. It's basically like a a super public visible label to be like, hey, I'm a ninja from Konoha or wherever. Um, yeah. So the yeah the Naruto and his compatriots their headbands have like a really stylized leaf symbol on it. Um, the guys that are watching them do not; they have a different symbol. And uh, yeah. Naruto briefly yells about how he wants to become Hokage and be acknowledged, and Tazuna is like, "I'm never going to acknowledge you," and they just mm-hmm. do not have a great relationship. Yeah, so, almost almost immediately, Naruto is just very very upset with this person. Uh, just because at every turn, Naruto finds a way to like embarrass himself. Yeah, and they, they so they then they jump into exposition, which we have actually already talked about. I think I was misremembering a few minutes ago about like the countries, you know, the land of waves and etc. Um, mm-hmm. So Kakashi actually talks about that in this episode. So if you're curious about the way that the world is constructed in Naruto at like kind of a high level, then episode six is the place to go. Kakashi will do a full-on explanation of how their countries are set up, and it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. So as they walk along this uh, this road, they're uh, they're they're just kind of walking along the the three ninja, uh, the three little ninjas, I guess, and uh, the guy that they're escorting just kind of wander by um, this puddle that you see on the ground that's just reflecting them as they walk past. And uh, as they pass the puddle, they don't notice, but uh, you see Kakashi like uh, look down at the puddle for a second and then look back up and then just walk on as if nothing's really happening. Yeah, he's um, real smooth about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and you you find out, like, in the next couple of moments, when uh, the ninjas start, like, jumping out, these two guys that have been following them are two ninjas from the Hidden Mist, um, and they are wearing, like, hella dangerous gear. That, yeah, like, they have... Um, they're really cool. They, they unfortunately don't get seen past this episode, except maybe in a flashback, but, like... Mm-hmm. They are pretty sweet. They're a really great first villain um, because they're just menacing and dangerous immediately. They have um, lots of angular lines to their design. They are kind of covered, like their faces are covered so that you can just see their eyes. Mm -hmm. And they are, they have like, um, it's kind of like a knife gauntlet on each arm. Yeah. And then they're bound together so they're kind of like a partner like they you know work together <laughs> i guess yeah. this is the worst explanation ever <laughs> they, so but they their fighting style is like they're a duo and they are bound together by this chain that stretches mm-hmm. from one of them to the next and it's like a bladed chain that they use as part of their fighting style and it's really cool yeah and there, you you re, you quickly realize that the person that they're being they're escorting is the person that they are targeting. They are not targeting any of the ninjas from the hidden village, where it would no. be like you know, like if if ninjas attack other ninjas, I I think it's just sort of like you know, it, ninjas from other clans are on like a very you know unsteady you know tightrope where they yeah. they want to kill each other basically at every single turn um, well, it's because like, they're all you know when like dogs meet each other and they have to like (laughs) sniff each other it's like that except with murder yeah and um so as these uh two guys are coming after tazuna um you see sasuke um starting to move 
you say uh, uh, Sakura just wait, wait, upset wait, wait. immediately. There's a problem. They're upset because Kakashi is immediately killed. Like, oh, yeah. I forgot guys, to mention that. Yeah. They, they appear, and we see them, and they're badass, and they immediately ensnare Kakashi in the chain they have between them and rip him into pieces. So yes. he's done. He's gone. And we're never going to see him again. So I hope you weren't <laughs> attached. Anyways. So so you see, uh, you see uh, Sakura. She's screaming. You see Naruto, who's, like, frozen in fear. And then you see uh, Sasuke, like, spring into action immediately. Yeah. And this is where you're going to get your first taste of, like, Sasuke... If you didn't realize it from the first couple of episodes, he is on a different level than these two already. And I think that just comes from living in murder worlds your whole life. Yeah, Sasuke has a real messed up backstory that we're going to get into. You know, when the show gets there, we'll get there. But he has seen some shit, and it has made him tough. Like, we saw him pull some sweet moves against Kakashi in the last episode, but those are pretty low stakes, right? Like, there's a pretty high level of confidence that Kakashi will not immediately murder you. In this situation, like, their lives are on the line, and Sasuke doesn't hesitate. So yeah, he springs these, into action immediately. Yeah, these guys, um, I don't think they ever receive names, but they are rushing forward... Um, they've just killed Kakashi there after the bridge builder Tazna and Sasuke, uh, immediately throws a, it's either a kunai or a shuriken. I don't remember which, um, but he throws one followed by another and it, the first one like catches their, um, like one of the rings in the chain that's holding between them, which is like attached to them. They're not like holding it with their hands. It is attached to them. And it pins against a tree, and then the second one lands, like, right on it and pins it there. So it's like, they are stuck to this tree now. And they were just about to hit Naruto, and, like, one of them kind of, like, nicks his hand or whatever. But Mm -hmm. they're stuck. They can't go any further. Once again, referring to dogs, it's like when a dog's on a leash and he gets to the end of it. And that's Stop what talking like. about dogs. It's I not just, the same. I wish there was a dog here. I'm just that's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, speaking of that, there will be ninja dogs in the future. Don't you worry. That's true. That's true. We actually, <laughs> uh, maybe in the next episode about Naruto, we'll see ninja dogs, but definitely within two. Yeah. So you oh, uh, you wait. see these guys. You see these guys get free. Um, they are coming at uh, the the ninja kids again. And then you see, like, a flash of, like, a bolt of light moving way faster than everybody else. Kakashi just, like, take these two guys out. Yeah, I was lying. He's alive. Uh, it's because Boom. he put... Your he mind's put blown. <laughs> he put more of those, uh, uh, more of those wood people from the yeah. wood village yeah. in, in the a way. Yeah, a moment of silence for the log people. <laughs> Okay, but anyways, um, so they they get captured by Kakashi, and Kakashi is about to take them out, and they're like, how did you notice us? And Kakashi's just like, well, there wouldn't have been a puddle on the ground this late in, uh, after there hasn't been a rainstorm. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's my what mistake. we did wrong. <laughs> yeah, and they don't, they don't kill these guys, but they do, like, tie them up and leave them. And, like, I don't think they make it, so. Yeah, Probably you know, not. Pour one out, you guys. Yeah. Uh, so so Kakashi kind of berates Naruto because during this whole altercation, like Sasuke sprang into action, but Naruto was frozen in place. Like they were rushing at him, and Sasuke, when he threw the kunai to trap those guys up against the tree, it literally saved Naruto's life. And Sasuke is not one to let these things lie, and he totally twists the knife by calling Naruto a scaredy cat. And Naruto is just, he can't believe it. And then Kakashi's like, oh, so, you know, about that cut on your hand, like, you should probably get, you should probably, like, bloodlet, because they definitely poisoned those blades and you'll die. 
Yeah. And they, so. they talk about going back to the village and they were yeah. like, well, it, it, this is something that he hasn't told us. This person that's with us is more dangerous than we thought, making this mission way higher than a C-ranked mission. And so right. we should probably go back to the village. And then you have your first, like, Naruto resolve moment where he's just like, he shows that he's a little bit of a badass, and they they always kind of, like, take these moments, like, all the rest of the characters have, like, a moment of silence for, for Naruto to be a badass, where he's yeah. just, like, sucking the poison out of his hand, and he's just like, we will not go back, I will complete this mission, because I am Naruto, and I will be better than this. Yeah, he's like, we finally got a mission, it's a for real mission, I froze up and I can't accept that ever again. So he stabs himself in the hand with a kunai and Mm -hmm. is like bleeding all over the place to get the blood out. And he's like, I'm never going to run away again. This is my Nindo, which is his ninja way. And if you have watched the dub, they beat that line into the ground. But uh, yeah, he basically makes a promise with himself never to run away again. And this will play Mm -hmm. in the series quite a bit, especially in the near future. Um, and then Kakashi's like, yeah, so, um, you stabbed yourself pretty deep and you might bleed to death. So Naruto kind of freaks out a little bit and Kakashi goes to wrap his hand up and Mm -hmm. is shocked to discover that his hand has already started to heal. (laughs) Yeah. And so I think right before we get to the very last shot of this episode, that's kind of leading into the next one. um, The other thing about this whole discussion about them going back to the village is uh, Tazuna totally manipulates them. Um, And we'll get into this a little bit more, but he is super playing them. Like I said, or I think Spencer, you mentioned this Kakashi berates Tazuna by being like, these guys were clearly after you. This is not a C rank mission. And he's going to, Tazuna is going to defend himself in a minute about, uh, his situation to make them stay with him. And it's so great. Oh yeah. And he's just like, I'm poor. These people need this. Don't do this to me. (laughs) So basically episode six ends with an ominous shot. We see this guy named Gato yelling at another guy named Zabuza and he's like, yo, you guys have failed to kill this uh, this guy, Tazuna. And then Zabuza's like, look, I'm going to handle this myself. And then we move into episode seven, which is called The yeah. Assassin of the Mist. Yeah, so I'm gonna take a I'm gonna take a quick moment uh, to to plug inside of this uh, show. If you really really like your main characters to be uh, pretty cool, but like not the the most insane things in the entire world, and they like they do cool things that you see sometimes, but not the coolest things. And instead, you would like to watch villains that sometimes have way more badass backstories than the main characters. Watch Naruto. Because yeah. Zabaza is fantastic. His He's backstory awesome. is literally, you see it in this episode. You find out a little bit about him um, in these next couple of episodes. But you also have his backstory literally reaches till the very end of the series. In the like, in Naruto Shippuden, which is like the next series after this one, when they're like older people, there is yeah, a we'll backstory that talks never. about we'll Zabuza more. So long from now, <laughs> yeah. But his his backstory is literally so badass that you cover it multiple times throughout like hundreds of episodes. And it's really just fantastic. And there's lots yeah. of different characters that have backstories that are like this. It's great. You can tell, like, you can tell that Zabuz is kind of designed to be the really awesome, like, this show is for real now villain of the first arc. Mm -hmm. And he is, but his backstory is so rich and it plays into the world so much that it does come up multiple times after this um, in a lot of cool ways. When you Um, learn about the swords, oh my gosh. Yeah, it's so great. So, was it the seven uh, swords of the Ninjas of the Mist? Yeah, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. So (laughs) it's the Assassin of the Mist, Episode 7, and Team 7, which is Kakashi, Naruto, Sakura, and Sasuke. They are in a boat with Tazuna, and they're rowing through super dense fog. There's also some unnamed dude who's helping them row. Um, Unnamed guy! Yeah, 
They pass under a bridge that's currently under construction. And um, Kakashi is like, hey, Tazuna, you need to tell us why these assassins are after you or Mm -hmm. we're going to leave. So Mm -hmm. Tazuna, his whole story is he lives in this section of the Land of Waves that is just islands. In fact, I think the Land of Waves is predominantly made up of islands. Mm -hmm. And um, there is this shipping magnate called Gato, who we just met earlier. Gato owns a company named, appropriately enough, Gato Company. And Mm -hmm. he is one of the richest men in the world. Um, He wants to stop this bridge from being built because essentially he controls all of the shipping in the area. Uh, it seems boat. like, yeah, Gato companies, uh, is in charge of all of the overseas shipping. And so everything that goes into out of, and, be, uh, within the land of the waves, he's in charge of it. Um, mm-hmm. with this bridge being built, it's going to connect the land of waves to the rest of the continent. He will lose his stranglehold on the area. You know, it's not like he will, not be rich anymore he probably won't be making quite as much money but the thing is like because he has a full-on monopoly of the shipping in the area he is in he's able to um control the politics of the land of waves he has a Mm -hmm. full-on stranglehold over the economy and that makes him able to bend the politics and the policies to his will as well it's great Yeah, he's really a monster he's like uh he's he's really he's really the person that shows you how messed up monopolies are inside of a ninja world yeah (laughs) like you you know you know it's bad when like people are literally starving apparently because they can't afford to do anything inside of the land of waves because this guy is just like ruling over them with an iron fist and also hiring ninjas that are um like excommunicated from the uh uh wait they're not excommunicated though right because they're they're part of like the the uh they're part of like the actual ninja squads they don't have like an x through their bands do they yeah, so so what Spencer's talking about, there's a group that we're going to meet a lot later on that's going to be incredibly important and dominate a large portion of the second half of the series. And mm-hmm. their whole shtick is that they come from various villages, but they cross through the symbol on the headband. So mm-hmm. you'll see the symbol, but there's a big line that's been carved over it, and that's sort of the visual representation that they've turned their backs on the village. Um, yeah, Zabuza, but... he's an early version of that. It's going to be mentioned a little bit later that he is, uh, he's a rogue ninja. So he's, he has left the village. I think maybe there is technically an in-universe difference where, like, he has left his village but hasn't disowned it. And yeah, but so they, they, they talk about him being sort of like part of the Anbu, right? Like he's yeah. like the hidden he's like the hidden mist version of he, Anambu. He was. Um Oh, I guess but, so. Yeah, he was in it. It that anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves. So ta- first of all, it's real fun because Tazana manipulates the entire group and it's so great how he does it. So he's like told them this story like he's essentially, you know, building this kind of heroic structure that's going to completely change the economy of this world. And then he's like, you know, if you guys, uh, he was like, basically I undervalued this mission because I'm super poor and that's the same thing for my entire nation. And we're going to stay poor if this bridge doesn't get built. And also if I'm (laughs) killed, my family's going to be super upset. (laughs) So you can leave or not. (laughs) You can explain it to my daughter if I die. Right. It's so, it's, it is like bald faced manipulation and I love it. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, you get, you get quickly to, um, uh, them getting, um, on shore They're They come through the mists and they're not seen by anybody because they're on this boat. Um, the guy on the boat is the 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 guy in the boat is like super wary. He's like, I'm gonna get the hell out of here immediately, and he just yeah. goes back into the mists. And yeah, uh, he they fades get on shore, away out of the story entirely. 
Yeah. They get on shore and they start walking, um, and as they walk along, you get a, uh, a very brazen Zabaza, like, immediately come out. He, he doesn't even, he doesn't even, like, uh, play really like he's gonna, you know, sneak up on them. It's just a giant flying blade that just flies through the air and, like, slams into the side of a tree. But there's also, like, so this is slightly preceded by this really random moment where they see a rabbit that's been hurt or something. Like, Naruto's Naruto's mouthing off about something, and he throws, he's like, oh, I'm gonna, like, catch whoever's after us before they can get to us. So he's, like, throwing knives into the bushes, which is great. Good job, Naruto. And he almost kills a rabbit, and... The whole group is, like, fawning over this rabbit, except Kakashi, who's crazy suspicious. And then Zabuza throws his sword, and it's, like, decapitating helicopter sword. Mm-hmm. And everybody j- dodges it. And Kakashi's, like, he re- he notes that he realized that they were about to be attacked because the rabbit had fur for the wrong season. And, like, if the rabbit had been outside, it wouldn't have white fur because its fur would have changed for the warm months that they're in. So this rabbit was clearly bred in captivity in order to be a diversion. And that's why Kakashi was wary, and Kakashi is awesome. And that's that's just how that goes. I don't know, man. This is, like, that that whole, like, part of it sort of feels like a MacGuffin. <laughs> just no doesn't... way. It's so... that No, I super disagree because that's... This is the same thing as him noticing the puddle, and it's just a it is just like a nice, subtle little touch that adds to the story that allows you to see like this guy's on top of it, yeah, fine, anyways, Zabaza like appears, he jumps onto the the tip of his sword. He's like he's like standing on the hilt, actually. I think um, yeah, the sword is lodged just... into a tree horizontally, and he's standing on the hilt of it, and it looks great. Yeah, and then you have your first uh, pretty cool ninja fight. Um, yeah, first that... of all, Z- can you describe for me, Spencer, what Zabuza looks like? Because <laughs> the visual description of this, if you haven't seen him, sounds absurd, but it looks so cool. Are you talking about like him having his like face wrapped up? Yeah, so he has his face wrapped up, and he has, like... They're not, like, baggy pants, but they're not form-fitting, and then that's it. Like, he's completely shirtless yeah he's he has a kind of a weird build every time i think of him though all i can think about is the guy that's from the akatsuki like you know he's he's got like the The same shark one yeah they they sort of have the same build uh and i i've noticed this a lot about like the the um the ninjas that are hidden in the mist is that they they either are wearing the most clothes or the least clothes out of all of the characters well they're the island people so (laughs) So, they're either like bundled up because they're in weird ass not island country or they're in their swimming skivvies yeah, and and sometimes like they're wearing these like little breather apparatuses, and I'm like, how underwater are you at all times? <laughs> yeah, you've got to think like there's got to be like an Atlantis in this world, and I want to go. Oh man, I totally want to go to it. Like, Ninja, Ninja Atlantis? Atlantis. Yes, please, <sighs> please. Anyways, uh, so, so we're God. back with Zabaza. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and he wants to fight Kakashi. And he mm-hmm. also super knows who Kakashi is. And this is something... This is the first time you get the idea of a... Um, in the Naruto universe, it's called a bingo book. And oh, yeah. basically, they have a Wikipedia of all of the ninja in the various villages, including their own. And how dangerous they are, and what their abilities are, and it's pretty sweet. Yeah. And, um, and he calls Kakashi the copy ninja. Right. Um, and, and he's like, I need to be wary of him, but at the same time, I'm just going to kill them all. So he's like, uh, he makes some mist all of a sudden and you see uh, this mist come all around them. Well, he and also then... mentions that Kakashi has Sharingan and. Oh yeah. I forgot yeah. that he reveals that before Kakashi reveals that he has a Sharingan. Yeah. It's right before they start fighting and he's like, Oh, I want to fight you. You have Sharingan. And Sasuke's like, Oh, what now? Because 
we will find out very soon that Sharingan matters a lot to Sasuke, and it's really weird for Kakashi to have one. Yeah, and so Kakashi, uh, this is also the first time you see that him like pull up his uh, pull up the side of his um, his uh, thing that's on top of his head and show off his left eye. And yeah, Kakashi left- always wears his headband over one eye, almost like an eye patch. And yeah. it turns out there's an eye under there. Yeah, it's got a big scar around it, and it's got uh, an eye that has a whole, like a, a a circle around it. It's red. Um, well, not a circle around it. It's a circle inside of the iris. Um, right. So and the, it's got, I- like, the iris it's- itself is red. Yeah, and it's sort of like I don't know if bisected is right, but it's it's like the iris is almost cut in half. God, this is hard to describe. Yeah, and it's got like three little uh, dots that are around it as well. They kind um, of they look kind like, of like a like an apostrophe, like a, a circle with a little pointy end going off to one side. <laughs> yeah, and, and so they kind of form a triangle around the um, the middle of the eye. So um, we sound like scientists. As... <laughs> so so um, uh, there's a lot of mist that starts coming around them, and then all of a sudden, uh, Zabuza is in the middle of them. Yeah, Kakashi's kind of like, the kids have gotten around Tazuna to defend him, and Kakashi's like, you guys are not in this fight, this is not the same as those dudes with the chain, and you're gonna guard Tazuna, he's gonna come after me first, because I'm dangerous, and mm-hmm. I'm gonna handle this. And he mm-hmm. totally fakes them. Mm-hmm. And, um, so Kakashi, he's right in the middle oh, yeah. of them. Kakashi <laughs> mentions specifically that Zabuza is the master of silent killing technique. And he's like, oh yeah, by the way, I also haven't fully mastered my Sharingan, so, like, we might all die. And they're like, cool. And Sasuke is, like, totally freaking out. Like, he's having the same kind of moment that Naruto was having in the last episode. And this is kind of mysticism-y a little bit, but Sasuke basically can, like, feel Zabuza's intent to kill, and he's, like, totally paralyzed by it, and then Kakashi's like, it's alright, you're gonna be fine. Yeah. Um, so, uh, the next thing that you, you see is them, uh, like, standing right in the middle of them, and then Kakashi is coming up to save the three of them, and uh, their their uh, person that they're guarding. Yeah, this is such a sweet exchange of blows. So it goes like, step one, Zabuza appears out of nowhere in the middle of the group of kids and Tazuna. And then suddenly Kakashi is there and has like stopped his blade. And I think he like kicks everybody else away too. So it's yeah. like just the two of them again. And Mm -hmm. Kakashi stabs Zabuza, but then Zabuza dissolves into water, and Zabuza, the real one, is behind Kakashi and kills him, except that Kakashi dissolves into water also, and then real Kakashi is behind real Zabuza with a knife to his throat. He's like, checkmate, motherfucker. And that's the end of the episode. (laughs) It's so cool. Yeah. Okay. So so we're gonna get into the next episode, and uh, I I really I really think that the next episode is it's part of the fight sequence, and you get you get really four things that are pretty important inside of this episode. So we're probably gonna go pretty quick on this one. So heads up, um, it's got like uh, like four important things. It's the start of the fight, the backstory of Zabaza. And then the middle and the end of the first stage of the fight. So, yeah, how does this so, fight start, Blake? <laughs> so, basically, Zabuza... Is, so, we pick back up, obviously, where we left off. This episode is called The Oath of Pain, by the way. Uh, mm-hmm. Which is a reference to Naruto stabbing himself with a hand a few episodes earlier. So, Zabuza appears behind Kakashi, revealing that real Zabuza was actually second clone Zabuza. And is like, oh, it's over for you. And he kicks Kakashi into the water. But Kakashi stops him with... This is so weird. He stops him with this ninja tool called Makibishi. And so you see Shuriken and Kunai all the time. Makibishi, this is the only time I remember it coming up. And it's basically like 
if you ever played that game Jax when you were a little kid, where you have those like little spindly, prongy metal things that you have to pick up while you're bouncing a ball, it looks mm-hmm. like the Jax, but they're blades, and Makibishi is basically like tiny little blades that you throw so that somebody can't run after you, and it's so weird. Oh, they're actually called caltrops inside of the uh, the American version of it. You used oh, to throw okay, those so inside of the. I guess just, that's you used to the throw English... those inside of the field. Yeah. Um, okay. So that I wasn't the horses aware... when they were. <laughs> Stop the Japanese name is Makibishi, and he like throws them, and Zabuza like comes to a halt, and he's like Makibishi, and he's so upset. And it's... let me tell you what the hell this is. You are the worst. Anyways, um, so, Caltrops, I want to teach people about medieval times. <laughs> Alright, everybody, we're, so, put, Kakashi's on the water, Zabuza couldn't follow him, it's time to learn about some Caltrops. Okay, so, here's what Caltrops are. They're these little tiny things that the medieval times, they used to throw on the ground, these little ball bearings that basically have nails sticking out of them, so that horses, when they rode across the field, would trip, and then you couldn't get your cavalry across the field. And they have, like, the same thing instead of this universe. And it blows my mind that you didn't know that much about them because you use, like, all of these different abilities inside of the Pokemon game. Oh, yeah, you have spikes. I guess that's Caltrops. They should have called it Caltrops instead of spikes. I know, right? And they there's also, like, Stealth Rock. <laughs> yeah, which is, like, Rock Trops. <laughs> rock Trops. Anyways, we're, we're back to the fight. <laughs> we're back to the fight. So, Kakashi is in the water, and then Zaba is, uh, is like, you should never have gotten into the water because you've fallen yeah. into my trap. The and water he is makes heavy, this... and Kakashi can't get out of it quickly. Like, his mobility is is lessened. Uh-huh. And, and Zabaza's like, gotcha. And he forms, like, this ball of water around Kakashi, and then, like, holds his hand still, and it's like this water trap jutsu that he's got Kakashi in, right? Yeah, I think it's called Water Prison. It's basically like a little orb of water, and Kakashi is done. Mm. He yeah. is and he's not dead again, but he's not gonna be able to participate anymore in this fight for a hot minute. Yeah, and then you get your next part of the story. So there's there's the next parts of the fight, which um, you get part two of the fight inside of this episode, um, but part, uh, like, the middle part of this is that you learn that Zabaza is basically been a monster his entire life. Yeah, so this happens in a couple of minutes, but if you want to go into it right now, this is a good, a good segue. Yeah. Anyways, so Zabaza is part of this, uh, he, when he was being trained, he was part of this really messed up thing that they do to train their ninja, which is like, you have a bunch of young ninjas that get to a point where they're kind of getting good at what they're doing, and then you put them in the room and you're just like, kill each other. Yeah, so basically, last time we were watching Naruto, we saw Naruto, Sasuke, and Sakura try to take the Jingle Bells from Kakashi, and the version of this in the village where Zabuza's from is, you have to murder all your classmates. It's just insane when you find out about it. And it's just like... What it actually is, is, like, they basically pair you up. And Mm -hmm. so, like, basically 50% of the class passes because the other 50% gets killed in the the graduation ceremony or whatever. And the idea is that you're, like, you're a ninja, so you should have this intent to kill. And you should be able to do this and, like, sort of break Mm -hmm. off these ties... But yeah. it's also real messed up, man. Yeah, and also you learn that Zabaza uh, sort of bucked the system. Instead, he just killed everyone but himself. Yeah, inside he of his did class. not play by the rules. And they he, they just... actually say like this technique or this um, final exam style has been outlawed since then because he ruined it for everyone. Yeah. So if you are taking it was so a much fun exam, before. If you're listening to this and you have final exams at some point, like, if you murder everyone else in the exam room, they will not let you take that exam anymore. So, (laughs) please do not murder all of your classmates during final exams. Cool. Or at all. Or at all. (laughs) 
the next thing that happens... So, anyway, um, <laughs> outside of flashback no jutsu, Naruto yeah. has... Uh, so, Zabuza traps Kakashi, and then he makes a water clone of himself. And remember, Naruto mm-hmm. can make clones, but his are shadow clones, so they're basically made out of nothing. And they're physical clones that can hit you. Other clones in the universe are fairly common, but they're always, like, some type. So, like, Zabuza makes water clones, so basically, like, he forms water into a clone of himself, and then it can interact with things kind of similarly to him, but, like, if you kill it, it just bursts into water. It's pretty cool. Um, So, uh, Naruto uh, makes a bunch of shadow clones of himself in order to get into a fight, which is just, like... Every yeah, single time Naruto he, does this? Yeah, he's pissed because uh, Zabuza has mocked the kids for having ninja headbands. He's like, basically, like, you're not badass enough to have these headbands. And he, like, kicks Naruto and takes his headband away. And Kakashi's like, you guys need to leave. Like, I cannot protect you, but if you get far enough away from this water, he can't follow you. Like, running away is your only escape and way to survive. And Mm -hmm. Sasuke's like, well, we kind of lost that option as soon as Kakashi got trapped, so we need to stay here. But Naruto, who's kind of into the idea of running away, then remembers that he made this promise to himself and stabbed himself in the hand so that he wouldn't run away anymore. And Mm -hmm. he is not feeling it and runs at Zabuza. It's a completely impotent attack. But you realize that, like, what he was attacking wasn't Zabuza. He was going to strike at Zabuza so he could get his headband back. And he's, like, in it to win it now. And it's real cool. Yeah. So he's got his headband. He ties it on. And he's like, guys, I got a plan. And that's that's pretty much the end of that episode, right? No, they... they um, oh, did they, they do the shadow? complete their plan in this episode. <laughs> so, yeah, oh, yeah. So Zabuza <laughs> is... So Naruto and Sasuke are ready to fight. And um, Sasuke goes after Zabuza, but Zabuza knocks him to the ground, is about to cut his head off or something, and Naruto uses his shadow shadow clone jutsu to stop him. And then, like, there's a million Narutos, and they go after... They, like, pile onto Zabuza, which you see all the time. And if Mm -hmm. there's a million Narutos piling onto somebody, it's probably never, ever going to work, because, like, when does it ever... And they all get knocked away, but then one of the Naruto's, like, the basically, like, they all vanish, and then Naruto, like, throws a shuriken over to Sasuke, and he's like, Sasuke, I'm basically, like, I'm being knocked away, but here, like, take this, you can do this. And then uh, Sasuke grabs the shuriken out of the air, and he, like, kind of gets this surprised look on his face, and is like, oh, I see what you're planning, and he throws the shuriken... Not at the water clone Zabuza, but at the real Zabuza. And it's not a little shuriken. It is not the throwing star that we're used to. This is one of the big shuriken, like the one that stabbed Erika in the back last time. And Yeah, except for this one folds out and it's really cool. (laughs) It's really cool. This is a, it's like a windmill shuriken or something like that. So it's like folded up Mm. and then you can like turn it into, it's badass. So Sasuke throws it and Zabuza's like, are you for real? And he just jumps over it. Like, so he leaps up into the air. But then, out of the shadows, it turns out, like, Naruto just appears with the shuriken. Or, sorry, he he is the shuriken or something like that. Basically, like... Well, no, no, no. He... Hold on, hold on, hold on. You're explaining this. You're, you're, you're missing one of the things inside of this. All which right, is the giant shuriken. The, the giant shuriken, he dodges with his head, right? And then there's a second shuriken that's hidden in the shadow of the first shuriken that flies That's actually at... Naruto. <laughs> yeah, but it misses him first. He jumps it. And then after he jumps it, Naruto transforms out of the shuriken and has a kunai and throws it at him. Yeah. It's awesome. So basically, here's what had <laughs> happened. So, step one, Naruto did Heliclones and piled onto Zabuza. Turns out this was a diversion, and he gets knocked away. Naruto throws a shuriken to Sasuke, but actually that was the final remaining clone of Naruto, and not the real one, because the real Naruto had used transformation jutsu to become the shuriken that then Sasuke grabs. 
So Sasuke senses that the shuriken he has grabbed is secretly Naruto and real quick pulls out his own shuriken and throws that with Naruto's shuriken in the shadow of the real one. Zabuza dodges the real shuriken. Naruto transforms back into himself and throws kunai at Zabuza, who is still mid-jump. And he has thrown it basically like at the shoulder connected to the arm connected to the water prison. And the rules are, Mm -hmm. if he takes his hand out of the water prison, the water prison is released and Kakashi is back in the fight. And that's exactly what happens. Yeah. And now that you've heard that three times, I still suggest going to watch it uh, because it's, it's, it's awesome. It's pretty cool to watch. And it's one of those moments where you're just like, yeah, you've seen a little bit of like uh, these people using like ninja skills to like trick other people. But it, it's, it's better when you get to see like them go through like the steps of this and them like show you it and then show you how they did it again. Like yeah. it's kind of like seeing how the sausage is made sort of thing, except for not gross. Yeah, and this is such a Naruto thing, especially earlier episodes. Like, the fights are not about who is stronger, but who is smarter. And a lot of the times, they will get the upper hand, and then you find out how they did it. And it's really cool. Speaking of which, we're about to go into the next episode. And you just said sometimes it's about being smarter, not stronger. In this episode, it is about being way, way stronger than the other person that you are fighting, which you're going to find out in short succession that Kakashi is way stronger than Zabuza. Yeah, I agree, but also at the same time, like, he's not only stronger, but he still outsmarts him. Oh, yeah, for sure. It still works. Um, so yeah, this episode, this is the last one we're covering today. This is episode nine of Naruto, and it's called Kakashi Sharingan Warrior. So Mm -hmm. Zabuza has been forced to free Kakashi, and Kakashi is totally doing an I am your opponent now situation. Um, Mm -hmm. Naruto has dunked into the water. His, his job is done. Sasuke can go out of the fight. Kakashi is back. And Kakashi throws them a bone. He's like, you guys did a great job. That was a really good strategy. I'm proud of you. And now I'm going to kick this guy's ass. Yeah. So they they in quick succession they start doing hand signs at each other like real fast and then um you start to realize that Kakashi is doing the exact same hand signals as Zabaza and as you're realizing it Zabaza is also realizing it and then all of a sudden they just do the exact same jutsu. Yeah, and this is after Kakashi has already gotten under Zabuza's skin, because the first thing he does after congratulating Naruto and Sasuke is he turns to Zabuza and he's like, you were forced to break your jutsu by my students, and by the way, (laughs) you can't use that on me again because the same jutsu never works on me twice. So Zabuza's (laughs) confidence has been shaken, and now Kakashi is like reading his mind or something, and he's freaking out. Yeah, he's he's totally under his skin. But the jutsu I mentioned just a second ago is this gigantic water dragon, which it's is so, so cool. cool. Yeah, so... and it's just they <laughs> they slam into each other. It's just I, I want to watch this scene again now. Yeah, because and it's I just think, like I think Kakashi's water dragon literally like bites Zabuza's water dragon in the water neck, and then the water dragon that Zabuza made explodes the water neck yeah it's his it's the water neck man that's what it is bite that dragon in the water neck (laughs) (laughs) so 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 zabaza is freaked out all of a sudden and he's he's still gonna try to fight against kakashi right he's he still wants to go up against him and yeah and he realizes like kakashi has the sharingan eye which lets him copy me, but it shouldn't let him perform this jutsu at the same time. Mm-hmm. And he starts to use this, like, he starts to use this jutsu, right? And he starts doing the hand signals. As he's doing them, Kakashi is watching him do it, and suddenly doing it a little bit faster than him. And yeah. as he's getting completely mind-destroyed here, like, Kakashi finishes first, and it's just this, like, what does he call it? It's like a torrent of water. Well, doesn't he do the clone thing first? 
I mean, like, yeah, he, but he basically does the nail in the coffin on Zabuza's mind, and he like Zabuza's doing like a water clone, and instead, like before he can finish, Kakashi creates a water clone of Zabuza first, and Zabuza's like. I don't even know what's happening. This guy is, like, reading the future or something, and he just made a clone of myself before I could. What is happening here? And, yeah, and then Kakashi's like, okay, bye, and shoots, like, a giant tidal wave at him. Yeah, and and, uh, he is so messed up. And then the next thing you see is him, like, rolling around inside of this water torrent and then slamming against the side of a tree. Yeah. So, so hard. Kakashi also pins him there with some well-placed kunai. And Kakashi's Mm -hmm. just like, yeah, this fight's over. Then something weird happens. Yeah. Something all of a sudden... uh, Kakashi is like, yeah, Zabuza, you're about to die because we just won this fight. And then these two needles fly through the air from some mysterious watcher nearby and stab Zabuza in the neck and he is dead. Yeah. And the next thing that you're going to find out, I mentioned a little bit earlier and they talk about it a little bit more here. Um, Kakashi mentions Anambu. Um, Anambu is like the secret, the secret, secret a, order of the it's ninjas. It's just Anbu. Anbu, sorry. Um, So Anbu is like the secret, secret service of the ninjas inside of the Hidden Leaf. Yeah, they're kind of like the black ops of the ninja world. Yeah, this this ninja is apparently one of those, you can tell from the mask, from the village hidden in the mist. And so he's like the secret... Yeah, so the Anbu all wear these uh, sort of animalistic masks that make them kind of this faceless mask, and it's pretty creepy. Um... Mm -hmm. And this Watcher is a specific type of Anbu called a Tracker Ninja. And this is another great bit of world building for Naruto. Essentially, the Tracker Ninja go around and they find ninja that have run away from their home village. And they kill them. And then they take all of the secrets that are held within their bodies about their village and then get rid of the body. Yeah, so that not no other villages can learn the other villages' secrets. It's pretty um, cool. You don't you you get a little taste of that really early in Naruto, but you're not gonna you're not gonna really get a taste of like what exactly that means until we get a little bit further on in this first series, right? Anyways, <laughs> so uh, so basically, the str- strange watcher runs off with Zabuza's corpse to go do what Tracker Ninja do. And Naruto is like, what? This uh, this kid was like my age, maybe younger, and was like clearly stronger than me. And Kakashi's oh, like, yeah, yeah uh, well, that's the deal. You know, we live in a ninja world, and in that ninja world, there are kids who are younger than you and stronger than me. And Naruto <laughs> goes into a full-on existential crisis about this, and then Kakashi promptly falls over unconscious from the exertion of this battle and that's it that's the end of the episode and that's the end of our episode yeah so i i'll I'll say here we we um we're gonna be we're gonna be going back to naruto in uh in a couple of weeks uh, yeah four weeks weeks, i mean next month um, but we're, we're gonna, um, take a step back from the amount of episodes in this next couple of them, because these next couple of episodes are, like, a lot of information, and you're gonna get some really, really important information in the next couple of episodes, so be prepared for that. Yeah, we're gonna have some great stuff coming up in Naruto. The next episode or two, I'm not sure how it's gonna break up, but we should within one, two, maybe three episodes, be able to conclude this first arc. And Mm -hmm. it's great. The first arc is really good of Naruto. There's some flaws, and they're going to get ironed out later on in the show, but overall, this thing is great. Yeah. Um, uh, as always, uh, if, if you notice anything inside this episode, you have any questions for us, we're going to mention it, uh, inside of the closing as well, but, uh, please feel free to write us, um, on our Patreon, uh, Facebook, anywhere. Um, and we'd love to like answer questions about the episodes or like, um, if we need to like correct anything, totally tell us and we can like talk about that in the next episode too. 
yeah, I don't know if you've noticed, but we are not perfect, and we don't always have all of our research done before we start these episodes, so if you guys have something that you want to say, or if you have a question that you want to ask us, we might be able to address that on the air, so feel free to send them in to us. Um, yeah, just as Spencer said, we're about to go into our outro, and there's a couple of ways to follow us, and those are also great ways to get in contact with us, so definitely feel free to utilize them. Awesome. Uh, so stick around after the outro and uh, listen to what's happening in our universe next. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions. With sound editing work done by Rashad English of Plain English Productions. He's our level four sound wizard. Our podcast is ad free and we want to keep it that way. If you want to help us keep releasing episodes without the use of ads, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Patrons get exclusive member content as well as unlocking group perks. Follow us on Twitter at BNS Get Jumped and like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. New episodes come out every Sunday on your favorite podcast platform. And if you like the show, please like, subscribe, and review. Reviews help us chart on iTunes. Next Sunday, it's Saturday. Oh no, wait, what day is it again? I'm late!